Hey girl, welcome to the She's Known podcast. This is a place to laugh, to be vulnerable, and of course, to grow in faith in our everyday lives. My name is Lauren, and I'm your host and big sister guide of sorts. Life is a hot mess, but it's so much easier when women like us can come together to be known. What is up, squad? Welcome back to the She's Known podcast. Um, I know I just did a little bit like the intro. It's always weird. There's like the intro and then I'm like, hey, what's up? But we're just going to go with it. Uh, all right. Keeping up with the uh, lovely first series of what I wish I knew. I'm going to dive pretty deeply, actually. If you hear page turning, I took some notes just to to remember um, I feel like I said this before. I feel like I can do an entire series on the topic that I'm talking about today uh, because I've lived it. What I wish I knew about mental health. And I know that sounds like such a taboo thing to talk about, especially in the church. People try to shy away from it because if you have Jesus inside of you, you should be great. No, if you have Jesus inside of you, he's going to help you. But that doesn't mean that you are getting to steer clear of all of the struggles and temptations and pain of the world, right? So side note, after listening back to some of these, and I have an inside joke with my sister now, I feel like I say the word right a lot. Oh, right, right, right. We're turning right. That one was pretty British, but whatever. Um, okay, so to introduce the topic of mental health, I know it's a really like touchy subject for a lot of people. It's a little bit more accepted in today's society. Uh, Mental health had such an impact on uh, or because of the pandemic and everything. As a teacher, I know that I've seen it impact my students a lot. But it's still a little bit of a taboo thing in the church. And so I'm hoping to bring some light to it and some not necessarily knowledge about it, but just some awareness to it. Right. So I have personally struggled with mental health for a long time, um, specifically anxiety and depression for years. I, back in college, started going to therapy. I've tried several different antidepressants and anti anxiety medications to try to help regulate my mental health. And for the longest time, y'all, I was really, really ashamed that I needed therapy or medication to even function and that I needed constant exercise to function. Side note, I wake up around 4 a.m. every morning. I know I'm that crazy person. I wake up 4 a.m. every morning so that I can spend time with Jesus and then get a workout in before work. Um, I was so ashamed of all that though. Like, why is it that I have to do all of these things just to keep my mind semi-clear? It wasn't even fully clear. It was semi-clear. But what I came to realize after years of crying of family intervention and a massive panic attack at work is that even though I'm a Christian and I quote unquote should be good, I live in a broken world and therefore I have a broken body. These, the therapy, the exercise, the medication, these are just things and tools to help regulate me so that I can do the healing. I try to think of it this way. Um, if my mental health was like in the, the ocean, right? So I'm, I'm drowning in the middle of a really stormy ocean and all of these things are kind of like a life preserver that are keeping me afloat so that I can heal, aka paddle to shore, 
right? I want to paddle to shore. I want to heal, but I need these to do that. I know that medication is also a taboo topic. Some people jump straight to, yes, it's okay. Some people jump to, no, it's not okay. I'm not a doctor. I'm not um, a pastor. I'm not here to tell you what is and isn't right. I'm telling you what works for me. And I'm telling you this to bring awareness to it and to let you know that if you're going through this stuff too, you're not alone. And it is okay to talk about it. It's okay to not be ashamed of it. It's okay to need extra tools. Right? We wouldn't talk down to a person with cancer who needs chemo. So why do we talk down to a person who has depression when they need stuff too? Um, all right. Before we dig into this super serious conversation, let's go into our hot mess moment of the week. And actually, I decided to do a hot take instead of a hot mess moment. Uh, this one's going to be controversial. I'm sorry. Please do not turn me off if you disagree with me. Please stay. Please love me. Hot take for today. Pineapple does not. It does not belong on pizza. Ugh. I. This is a war that started everywhere you go. I went to a pizza place recently, and they're gluten-free pizza, of course. And there was a tip jar. And it was like, tip here if you think pineapple goes on pizza. Tip here if you don't. Or if you think that pineapple does not go on pizza, uh, first of all, that's a pretty smart strategy right there. But I, I don't, I don't know. I'm also that weird person that doesn't really. I'm not a fan of pineapple in general. I know pineapples are making like a comeback right now for some reason. A lot of people are like, it's the best fruit ever. I don't see it. I don't get it. I don't like. I don't like pineapple. <laughs> I really don't. I'm not a fan of the taste of it. I'm not a fan of the texture of it. And I certainly don't think that it belongs on pizza. It's just like some people say the sweet and savory aspect of it. I just like, I don't like pineapple in general. So why would I want it on my pizza? I already have to have gluten-free pizza. So like, come on, I've suffered enough, you know? Um, but, you know, I'm all about that watermelon. Not on pizza, but watermelon's the Watermelon's the fruit. All right. Now, um, thank you for those of you who have stayed after my hot take. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, all right. So thoughts on mental health. How many points did I come up with today? Five different points on what I wish I knew. That just speaks to how much, how important I think this topic is and how much I have to say about it. Chloe, can you leave the microphone alone? Thank you so much. Go play with your toy over there. My cat just really wants to be a part of this show, and she loves all of you guys, too. All right. What I wish I knew about mental health. Point one. I wish I knew that it is more than okay to ask for help. Now, this is a lesson that I'm sometimes still learning. It's scary asking for help, but I used to think that if I asked for help, it made me weak. Now I know that that was the enemy trying to feed me lies and make me feel worse about myself. But asking for help could mean a trusted friend, a trusted family member. Maybe it even means a therapist. I personally think that therapy is great and that everybody should go. Even if you think you don't need therapy, you should go to therapy. Everybody should go to therapy. Oh my gosh, Chloe, chill girl. Um, everybody should go to therapy. Sometimes it's help in the form of medication, right? Sometimes it's 
trying different things to regulate yourself and keep you on track. For example, maybe it's working out. I run. I run a lot. Running is um, running and I'm starting to get into cycling like a spin bike. Something about cardio really helps me like decompress. And I also use it as time to spend with God, whether it's blasting a podcast. Um, I love podcasts. If you look on my Instagram from a few weeks ago, I have um, podcasts I'm obsessed with that I put on there. I also put on my first episode. Um, Podcasts, I listen to worship music, or sometimes I'll just like talk to God while I'm on those, right? So uh, working out, that's always super helpful. Um, Spending time with God and in the word. I never thought that the word was super impactful at all until it was. Until I realized, like, I was thinking about something and being really sad. And then a thought popped into my head, which, side note, is probably the Holy Spirit moving. A, a, a thought popped in my head of, you know, oh, well, this time in the Bible, this happened, or this time in the Bible, this happened. And that's, you don't know those stories or you don't know those situations unless you're in the word and you're getting to know God and his word. Sometimes getting outside and getting in nature is super helpful. I mean, God created it for crying out loud, (laughs) but a vitamin D from the sun. I know that not everybody lives in a sunny place. I live in Southern California. We are sunny like 99% of the time year round. So it's not hard for me, but getting outside, uh, getting in nature, that's super helpful. The, I know that's like the last thing I want to do, but actually, no, the last thing I want to do is reach out to people. (laughs) That's another thing. Uh, The last thing I want to do when I'm feeling like that is to reach out with people and spend time with them. Um, But I find that that to be super important, even if it's just a coffee date or a phone call, like, hey, come over, hang out with me, or can I hang out with you kind of a thing. But asking for help is... It shouldn't be looked down upon. I know that there are going to be those people because I've experienced them. The people that are like, oh, mm, yeah, you're sad again or you're struggling again. But find those um, prayer warriors, your spiritual friends, your Christian community. And it's not everybody, unfortunately, in a Christian community. Christian just means that we're followers of Jesus. It's supposed to mean that we reflect Jesus. I don't reflect him all the time. I try really hard to be conscious and aware of that. So we need to keep in mind that we as the church are not perfect. Jesus was perfect. We are still human beings. So when you say, oh, well, I don't trust these Christians, or I don't trust these people of faith, or these people or that people, or for whatever reason, we need to remember that we are all loved children of God, and we are all God's people. Some of us just aren't necessarily there yet, or like me, they mess up. I catch myself judging people all the time. And then I have to like check myself like, whoa, girl, pump the brakes. Are you perfect? No. Remember the the widow or not the widow, um, the woman who was having an affair, she was an adulteress and she was pulled from this man's bedroom and all the Pharisees were like, Jesus, she is a sinner. Look at, she's having an affair, stupid girl. Let's stone her. And Jesus basically says to them, oh yeah, go ahead. The word says to stone her, so go ahead and stone her. The person who gets to throw the stone first, though, is the person who's never sinned. 
And it's just like this mind-blown moment. Think of it like a scale, right? So we here on Earth, we see different levels of this the scale like, oh, well, this sin is here, but this sin is up here because it's worse. But this sin's down here because it's less worse. Whereas if you're God's perspective and you're looking down, it all looks the same. But ask for help. Sometimes that's asking friends, therapists, um, medication, exercise. Exercise just wonders, y'all. It totally helps. Um, getting in the word, asking God, praying to God. Fun fact. In 2009, the Center for Biblical Engagement did a research report thing um, about people who read the Bible four days a week or more, and the benefits are insane. Like, they had different ages, genders, church attendance, prayer, all that stuff, but the thing that came across the board was people who read four or more days, read the Bible, read scripture, four or more days a week had um, 57% lower odds of getting drunk, 68% lower odds of having sex outside of marriage, 61% lower odds of watching pornography or sexually implicit images, and then 74% lower percentage of people gambling. Those statistics are insane. All of those are, you're, you're, Chances of doing that is cut more. It's 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 not cut in half. It's more than half of you not doing those things, which is awesome and amazing. But turn to the turn to the word if you need help. What does the word say? I have this book that I bought from my church's cafe. I saw it on like my cafe church thing, and it was like God's promises, and I was like, hmm, that's legit. I'll get it. So I got it, and it's really cool because it has it separated by like if you're feeling fear. Here are verses of God's promises about fear. If you're waiting for marriage, here's God's promises about that. If you're trying to disciple somebody, here's verses about God's promises for that. That's super cool. So I definitely look up God's promises too. There are different ways that you can look for help. I know that I had, even today, story time with Lauren, even today, I was feeling really, y'all, I woke up feeling really good. And I was, you know, being productive today, going around. And I was super excited because I was meeting with one of my friends for lunch. And right before lunch, I just feel like lately, like I've been feeling really down. And I feel like my past has been being brought up. My past that I just, you know, I'm a different person. I'm not there anymore. And it's been brought up multiple times. And I can't seem to get away from it. And I've been struggling so much. And when I went to lunch with my friend, I was like, look – I like need your help. And this is the kind of friend. She's like a little sister to me. She's a best friend to me. She is she's she's an amazing human being. You guys all need a Brittany in your life. She's the kind of person that I know will call me out kindly, but she'll kindly call me out if I'm wrong. But I also know that she will speak life into me if I need that. So I was like, look, girl, this is my situation. This is how I'm feeling. Like, please tell me, like, what did I do wrong or what should I fix? Because I want I want to be a reflection of Jesus. I want to be good. I want to be better. And um, she just spoke so much life into me. And I left that lunch and that conversation feeling like God was all over it. Our conversations are so wonderful. Her and I, 
we bond on a, on a really cool spiritual level and we just learn so much. Like we're two different ages. There's I think six or seven years separating us. But <clears throat> every time I talk to her, I learn something new from her or I learn to look at something in the Bible um, from a different perspective or something in my world from a different perspective. Y'all get yourself a Brittany because you need one. Um, okay, point two. Oh, this is getting pretty lengthy. I'm sorry in advance. Kind of not really. So point two, uh, things I wish I knew is I wish I knew that most people struggle just like me. They just hide it well. I know, gasps in the audience. What? I'm perfect. Nothing's wrong with me. Eh, okay. I mean, if nothing's wrong with you, that's that's awesome. And you must not be a real human being because the only person who didn't have anything wrong with them was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But, you know. Um, but I wish that I, I wish I knew that I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone with these struggles and neither are you. Statistics show that one in four adults have it. One in four adults have mental health struggles, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, bipolar, uh, personality disorders, uh, other, you know, things that are mental health related. We're not alone. One in four adults have it. Y'all, that's a quarter of the population. And I would go as far as to say it's probably more. I I, I feel like whenever the survey was taken in 2019, so I definitely think since the pandemic it's gone up. But in reality, I think it's more because I feel like there's people out there who are just like me, ashamed of it and tried to hide it because they don't want society to label them as crazy or, or insane or whatnot, right? I tried to hide it for so long so long. But I learned that when you try to hide it, you become a volcano. Now, volcanoes can be dormant for a long time, but then they explode. So what I realized was I was not dealing with any of my issues and not healing from any of my issues. So I was just shoving them deep down inside until one day I would explode. And it usually was like something super tiny that would set me off. And I would just explode. I would erupt like a volcano. Don't feel like a burden for reaching out. Please don't. I get it because I've been there too, right? I don't want I don't want to burden somebody else with my negativity. I don't want anybody else to feel responsible for me. I don't want to bring down their day. All of those excuses, that's the enemy that's playing tricks in your mind. This is why it's important. Go back to the episode about community. It's important to be in community and find community that is trusted, positive, Christ-centered community so that you have a safe place to go free of judgment. But don't feel burdened to reach out. Find your trusted circle. Go to them. But... Go to God first. Power of prayer is so, so amazing. Go to God first. He wants to hear you. Talk to him. He, You can't keep anything from him. So just sitting there like, yeah, God, I just had an off day. And I, you know, I, I think I can do better tomorrow. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks, God. Thanks. No, like be honest with him. He wants you to be honest. He doesn't want you to complain, but he wants you to be honest instead of, oh my gosh, why God, why are you doing this to me? Instead, kind of approach it in a request situation. God, what are you trying to teach me through this? I know you want me to learn something, but I'm not sure what that is. Can you discern that for me? And I, I get it. I'm not good at it either. I have to remind myself of it constantly, daily, 
to like, ooh, check yourself. You're complaining too much because complaining will get you guys. Complaining will get you. It'll bite you in the booty, right? So I have to check myself all the time. Um, but go to God. Go to God before your trusted circle. He wants to love and comfort you. If you are new to faith or even you've been a believer for a long time, it gets extremely frustrating when people are just like, just pray. Just pray about it. Take it to God. Take it to God and pray. Take it to God and pray. But it's more about your mindset. The right mindset will change things. If you go to God going, poor me, why me, oh me, God's going to be up there like, child, I love you, but what do you want me to do? Whereas if you go to him with an open heart, with an open mind, and with the right mindset of how can I be better, what can I do differently, we live in a very self-centered world as it's, oh, woe is me, I'm the victim. But oftentimes we have to try to change that perspective into, well, what can I change and what can I do differently? How can I look more like Jesus? What does God want me to learn through this? And it's a very difficult thing to do. It's a daily practice. You have to wake up and choose it not only daily, but multiple times a day. And this is something that I've been putting into practice a lot the past few months, and it has made a completely different mind shift, mind change, whatnot in my life. Don't just go to God and complain. Go to God and request. But yeah, we often go to him to complain. Uh, I mean, he wants us to complain too. But it's a lot harder for him to do work in an ungrateful and complaining heart than in a heart that's looking to grow or looking to better his kingdom or looking to be more like him. Uh, I, yeah, I get stuck in the why me mentality a lot. And I just... It's, it's a constant, it's a constant spiritual muscle that you have to exercise. If you go to the gym once a week, you're not going to see much results, but if you're consistent with it and you do the right things like the right diet, the right exercises, uh, targeting the right body parts, you're going to see, you're going to see the result you want to see. Same thing with God. If you keep doing it, keep going to him, keep asking for a correction, keep correcting the corrections that he gives you, it's going to become second nature. There's uh, a woman at my church who she's just a fantastic role model. She works in youth with me as well. Um, she works at the church too. She is fantastic. She has this amazing spiritual gift to just be so like obedient to God. She's so disciplined and so obedient to God. And I look at that like, oh, I want that. I got too much the the flesh in me though. I get selfish. I want that. And she said, it's just, it's a muscle. You have to exercise it constantly. All right. So point two of what I wish I knew is most people have it. A lot of people, if you look around, a lot of people have it. They might not admit to it, but you're not alone. And if you think you're alone, hi, there's a random voice on the other end of this saying you're not alone because I'm in the trenches with you. All right. Point three. I I wish I knew that I'm not powerful enough to derail the plans that God has. 
Now, this isn't so much a point as a reminder to myself, but I'm not in control. God is. I don't know why I am the way that I am, but I know that God has a purpose. Oh my gosh, that makes me think. Where's my Bible? Bible. There's a verse in, as I like some through. First Corinthians. <laughs> or was it Second Corinthians? Okay, Second Corinthians. Um, sorry, this just made me think of this right now. Second Corinthians one four. He, com uh, he comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves received from God. I don't know why I am the way that I am, but I know that God has a purpose for it. This verse shows that sometimes God will put us through situations so that we can help others who are going to be in that situation. He takes everything and turns it for good. So going back really quickly to my... Um, struggle bus of a day this morning with my mental health. Side note, I'm doing great right now. I'm on fire. I got this podcast going. We're making the Lord happy. We're contributing to the kingdom. Go Jesus. But um, when I was like down a few hours ago and just like frustrated and stuff, my friend brought up a good point. She's like, you know, this could be a spiritual attack or it could just be a redirection from God or it's both. And you're like, how can it be both? Because the devil tries to throw us off. The devil tries to make things difficult. But just as, as I just said, we are not powerful enough to derail God's plans for us. So the devil's going to go, ha ha, I'm going to make her think of this thing from her past that's really hurting her still. And God's going to take that and go, cool, I'll teach her a lesson with it. Thank you so much for helping my daughter grow in her spiritual growth. So... Maybe he's trying to teach me something. So we were talking and she's like, yeah, like maybe go and like pray about like, hey, like what are you, what are you trying to teach me through this? What, um, what should I be looking for? Is this a part that I need to heal? Is this just a spiritual attack? What is it that you're trying to show me through this? Because God can do anything with anything. Literally. He turned like, you know, he took like one fish and fed thousands of people. He turned water into wine. That was his first miracle, right? God can do anything with anybody. So what is he trying to teach me through this? So um, I've been praying for wisdom. I've been praying for discernment. Uh, another great example of this is uh, King Solomon. He, when he was, um, he came to the throne, he, I believe it's, is that David's son? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. But I remember King Solomon, when he came to the throne, he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for wives. He didn't ask for herds of animals. He asked for wisdom. He wanted wisdom to guide God's people the way that God wanted him to guide them. And to me, that's so mind-blowing because this culture and society of today is so me, me, me driven. But to ask for wisdom instead of riches or something, God was like, ooh, I see you. I'm going to give you wisdom. Not only am I going to give you wisdom and discernment, though, I'm going to give you the riches too because you're legit. You're looking out for the people. You're trying to serve the Lord your God. So pray for discernment. Pray for wisdom. 
God can use our struggles for redemption and for big, beautiful things to glorify him. He has done it for me so many times, and he's done it for a lot of other people I know. Just got to keep remembering and not forgetting about the miracles he's already done, though. Sometimes when I get stuck in my little pity party, I do give myself an opportunity to feel that pity party, to feel those emotions, but also remember that those emotions are lying, which will bring me to my next point in a minute, but I do my best to... Sorry, train of thought derailment. Oh, yeah. I'll sit in my feelings. I'll let my feelings wash over me. I'll feel them for a bit. And then I'll pray and sit with God and do just what my friend Brittany told me to do. Ask him, what are you trying to teach me through this? What do you, what do you want me to learn through this? How have you shown up like this before? And I try to recall all the times that he's worked miracles in my life. And miracles aren't necessarily big elaborate, flashy things. Yes, he did part the sea. He did walk on water. He did feed thousands. He did all of these amazing miracles, but you can also find his miracles in the mundane. The miracles of, I really needed to find a place to live a few years ago. And there was a condo that I really liked and there were hundreds of people interested in it. And he gave it to me, right? Or not gave it to me, but I was the one who got to rent it. I had a great job opportunity that I couldn't take for circumstances a few years ago. And then the the next year, I was provided with that same opportunity. God's miracles are not necessarily massive things all the time. They're small little things too. All right, point four. Oh my gosh, my cords are getting a little bit twisted. There we go. Um, what I wish I knew is I wish I knew that feelings lie. Now, I know there's the people out there that are like, but God said he'll grant me the desires of my heart. Your heart isn't necessarily feelings. Um, Humans were really, really interesting. We are super emotional being. And I don't worry because I'm like super emotional too. I'm the queen of emotions. I just feel everything. I'm a sensitive human being. It's just how I am. But feelings lie. The Bible even tells us to take every thought captive. So not long ago, I actually had a panic attack at work. I thought I was having a heart attack. I'm like, I'm not even 30. Why am I having a heart attack at work? Like my chest hurt. I couldn't breathe. It was really scary and a little bit traumatizing. And as much as I, in the moment, wish it didn't happen and it's still embarrassing that it happened, I made so many positive changes because of it. I had literally, literally hit rock bottom with this panic attack. Now, thank goodness no students saw me, but um, several adults saw me. So obviously I went home that day. Um, I needed to get in the right headspace, but I had an anxiety attack. It turned out it wasn't a heart attack. It was an anxiety attack. And that was my rock bottom moment. And that was the moment that I just begged. Well, that wasn't the moment. That was one of the moments that I just begged God for his mercy and his grace and his guidance. I just needed him to tell me that things were going to be okay. And I needed him to tell me where to go and what to do. And because of that, I 
um, started going back to therapy. I started with medication again, um, trying one that actually worked for me this time. Sometimes you got to like figure out what does and doesn't work. Um, I started getting back in the workout game. I started spending even more time with Jesus before I'd be like, I can read for like maybe 10 minutes and then like I'm over it. But now I'm like immersed in the word and I'll be in the word for a long time, half hour minimum. Um, it led me to getting more involved at my church, joining my church youth team, um, going to my connect group consistently, going to church consistently. Before that, I'd go like once a month, um, every other week. And now if I'm not in church on Sunday, one, it feels weird for me. And two, I get a lot of people like, are you okay? You're not here, which is really nice because it, it lets me know that I have a home. I have a church home and that people are there that, um, love me and miss me and support me. But um, take every thought captive. The Bible says this, and I mentioned it before, but Jenny Allen has an awesome book called Get Out of Your Head, Stopping the Spiral of Toxic Thoughts. It is so helpful. The foundation of it is not only biblical, but it also, it it's the combination of the scientific facts and biblical foundation combined. And we see just how closely linked science and the Bible are. And there's this really cool thing that she, she does that's been a complete game changer for me that um, it's a phrase that you can say. It's a fill in the blank phrase. Um, and I verbally, I have to verbally proclaim it because there's something about verbally saying it out loud, verbally proclaiming it. It makes me feel like I'm I'm actually like, oh gosh, what was the the one pastor? It was something about, there was a sermon that I saw one time about why say it in your head? Like I get it. Sometimes we want to say it in our head. I do too. But if you, your mind is under spiritual attack and your mind is the the battlefield, why are you going to just fight on the battlefield? Why not verbally say it out loud and invite God into that too? There's something so special and so powerful about verbally proclaiming something out loud for me. It could be different for you, but for me, there's something just so powerful about that. So um, it is, and this is also a a strategy that I think my therapist taught me a few years ago, but the second part was um, added from the Jenny Allen book. So it says, I feel blank because of blank, but insert God's promises. So I feel anxious because I have a lot of my bills due soon, but God says he will never forsake me or, and he'll provide for me. And sometimes it's, it's things that we just know to be true. And sometimes I'll recite actual verses that are God's promises. So that goes back to the promise book that I told you about earlier. But that that book and that phrase that Jenny Allen offered, as well as there's so many other great strategies. If you guys have any sort of mental health issues, get Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head. It has been a complete life changer for me and it has helped me so much. One of my friends at my connect group actually suggested it to me and I was like, eh, a self-help book. Okay. And then I got it and was like, oh my gosh, life changer. Uh, you know, like an 
was it Aladdin? A whole new world. It changes your perspective and it helps you take every thought captive. Now, I'm not perfect at it, of course, but there's so many good things in it. And I'm not plugging for her because I I don't know Jenny Allen. I wish I knew Jenny Allen. Freaking love her. I watch her speech um, or her speeches on YouTube. She's part of if she created If Gathering. I love her and I'd love to meet her. Jenny, if you for some reason have stumbled upon little old me and my tiny little itty bitty podcast, I love you and I want to be friends with you. Will you please be my friend and my mentor? Thank you. But seriously, her book has been a game changer game changer. A few other books that I really like, um, Sadie Robinson Huff wrote one about, um, I think live your purpose. Maybe it was just live. That was really cool too. Cause it was about mental health. Um, the Bible of course do, uh, what are, where's my other book? Sorry. I have like a lot of, a lot of books here. Oh, the body keep score. That's a good one too. Um, especially if you're trying to unlearn some trauma things, but yeah. So point four feelings lie. It's okay to feel them, but don't let them consume you. It's okay to have a pity party, but limit your time and then turn to God turn to friends. It kind of coincides with point one of seeking out help when you need it. For me, sometimes I just like, I don't necessarily want to reach out to anybody yet, but I know I need to be filled with something. So I'll turn on worship music and dance in my living room, even if I don't want to, because the motion of dancing and singing and putting my hands up in praise does something to me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I'll turn on a really good like sermon or I'll go on YouTube and see which sermons it recommends to me and see if like, oh, this title sounds interesting or this title sounds applicable to me. Let me watch it. So like right now, um, like after this, I'm going to finish watching. Um, I paused in the middle because I just like had inspiration speak to do this, but it's um, Girl Get Up by Sarah Jakes Roberts. She, oh, so far the sermon is legit. It's from 2020, October 1st, 2020. Um, she is so relatable the way that she approaches situations and the way that she describes them in the beginning. She's like, "Mm, when I get to heaven, I think it's in the beginning, maybe beginning middle-ish when I get to heaven, I'm going to need to have a conversation with Eve. But then she goes in because I mean, come on, Eve ate the apple or the fruit. We don't know what fruit it was. Eve ate the fruit. Girl, you girl. I mean, I have not given birth yet. But our labor pains have like tripled because you ate a stinking fruit, girl. But then she goes on to say, "Mm, are we any better than Eve? And I mean, Eve sinned once. I mean, she probably sinned more. But the Bible only talks about her sinning that one time. And then it kind of all went downhill from there for humanity. But we sin constantly, constantly throughout the day. But yeah, so girl, get up. Sarah Jakes Roberts, fantastic. Fantastic. I love her. Um, all right. Point number five. I wish I knew. I'm still learning this point, guys. It's the it, the depression triggers it, but you know, we just gotta push past, push past. I wish I knew that isolation is not 
always good. Oftentimes when we're feeling down or anxious or whatnot, we want to be by ourselves and we want to be left alone. Maybe that means you're locking yourself in your room. Maybe that means you're shutting off your phone. Maybe that means you're um, turning yourself into a blanket burrito with a bag of some yummy chips and listening to sad songs. I'm not judging. You do you. I've done that in the past. I get it. I feel that. But isolation isn't always a good thing. Even before the pandemic, I would isolate myself when I was super anxious or super depressed. This then triggers a cycle of overthinking for me, which I am like the queen of overthinking. I overthink everything. Like I'll have a conversation and then even though if it was like a nice, pleasant conversation, I'll leave like, oh my gosh, did I say that weird? Did she think that I, that I meant this when I said this? Did I come across? Yeah. No, like stop it. Knock it off. You're chilling. They're probably not even thinking about you. Let's go on with our day. Praise God. So uh, yeah, separation and isolation leads to overthinking at least for me. Um, And if you're like me, you do need a day to recharge because I have a social, I'm an outgoing introvert. I've mentioned before, I have a social battery. When I spend so much time consecutively surrounded by people, my social battery is depleted. So I do need like a day here and there to recharge. That's different than isolation. Recharging is completely different than isolation. Recharging is giving yourself that time to go to God, to rest, to recoup, to just relax and just be. Whereas self-isolation is more of a negative posture instead of a recharging posture. Um, But even when I do have my recharge days here and there, I also try to seek out friendships and Again, talk to my community. Go back to that community episode. I loved doing that community episode because the impact that my community and my girls have had on my life has been amazingly insane. Those girls changed so much for me. If you haven't found community, don't think that you can just go it alone. It's me and God against the world. I thought that too. And... While God is all you need and God is sufficient for you, God doesn't want you to do life alone. He wants you to be surrounded with like-minded people. So go find them so you don't have to isolate and be by yourself. Sometimes it's just something as simple as like, hey, I'm struggling. Can you come over? Uh, Hey, can we go for a walk? Let's go get food. Be honest with them. Be honest with God. Be honest with them right? I'm struggling. I need you, like I asked my friend today, I like, I need you to call me out or speak into me because this is how I'm feeling. And I know that I shouldn't be feeling this way. So help a girl out. Help a sister out. Um, where are my notes am I? Oh yeah. Often when we want to isolate, it is the enemy trying to get us alone. He's trying to mess with our minds. Uh-uh. I ain't about that. Tries to mess with my mind all the time. I don't like it. Get in an environment with positive people. The Lord is with you when there are three or more people in the room. So the devil's going to be like, ugh, you're not alone. It's harder to mess with them. Freaking Christian girls. Yeah, that's right. Take that. Christian girls unite. Uh. Now, while the enemy does try to isolate us a lot, sometimes God also isolates us. This kind of goes a little bit back to what I was saying a little bit earlier about 
things could be a spiritual attack or they could be just a redirection from God. But sometimes God does isolate us and he's trying to isolate us from people in our lives or like hobbies or something for a positive purpose or to glorify him. Like he's not going to take something out of our life and not give us something else. My, one of my pastors said the, like last week, I think it was, God's not going to take something away and not give you anything else. So like people who are like, all right, I feel like God's calling me to leave the church. Like, okay, cool. We support wherever God's calling you. Where's, but that's like, that's awesome. Where's God calling you to? I don't know. Then I feel like God's not calling you to leave the church. I feel like that's somebody like, I don't know, the enemy trying to disguise himself as the Holy Spirit. But God will try to separate us from people that are not good for us or that are not making a positive impact on us. That's not negative isolation. That's growth. Uh, My friend and I were talking about how fire in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, is represented as this purification thing. It actually kind of, if you look at I think it's 2 Samuel 1. Maybe it's 1 Samuel 31. It's rather the end of 1 Samuel or the beginning of 2 Samuel. And in the Enduring Word commentary, it talks about how um, fire is for purification. So whenever fire is – maybe it wasn't. No, no, it was my Bible study from Exodus. I I was reading a lot of the Bible today. I was getting things mixed up. It's from Exodus. My apologies. But fire represents purification. So sometimes we feel like we're on fire and we feel like the enemy's attacking us. But we might be on fire because God's trying to purify us and revive us and renew us. It's like pruning. To make a flower grow, to make a rose bush grow, you have to prune it, which is like clipping the different leaves, right? Being pruned is not comfortable, but if you prune it, then you are able to, it's able to grow to its full potential. If you didn't cut off those excess things or the things that weren't growing or the things that were dead, it wouldn't grow as well. But if you prune it and take away all the bad, the rose bush is able to grow into its beautiful full potential. Some of us are in a trial of fire or a pruning phase where God is just growing us and preparing us. I personally feel like I'm in some sort of a pruning phase right now. That or spiritual attack. I got to get some discernment on that later, but I definitely feel a lot of growth happening in my life and I feel like God has amazing big plans for me coming up. I have no idea what they are, but I definitely feel the pruning. Not a fan of the pruning, but I know that God is doing something through it and he's changing me positively through it. Um, My best advice for that is something that I'm actually going to be doing. Well, I do all the time, but especially with what happened with me today, I'm going to be doing this evening, the rest of this evening. And then I think I might try fasting tomorrow too. Yeah, I'll go into detail about fasting on another episode, but Spend time in prayer with him. I'm going to spend time in prayer with him. Um, Spend time in Christ-centered community to glorify him. Plus, all those things make the enemy really, really mad. And, well, 
I want the enemy mad. I mean, I, I don't want the enemy to come after me, but if that's what God wants and he thinks that I can handle it, let's go. But go to God, pray, ask for discernment, spend time with him, spend time with people. Don't isolate unless it's to recharge for like a day here and there, but don't, don't isolate. All right, guys, I know that was kind of a deep and a little bit of an intense conversation, but um, just to review my five points with you, I wish I knew that it's more than okay to ask for help. Seek out help, therapy, medication, friends, that community, community, but first and foremost, seek out God. Point two, most people struggle too. They just hide it well. Just because they're not showing it doesn't mean they're not going through it. I was taught from a young age, everybody's going through a battle. You don't know what war they're fighting inside of themselves because some people like myself are very good at wearing masks. The mask is a smile, okay? Most people are struggling. You're not alone. Point three, I am not powerful enough to derail the plans God has for me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's true. You are not that special. We're not in control, God is. We are not powerful enough to change the entire course of our lives. God knew what this this would happen. God knew where we'd be. I'm not powerful enough to derail the plans that God has for me. Point four, feelings lie. The Bible says to take every thought captive. I know it's hard to do, but try. As soon as you sense yourself feeling that negativity, switch it to a positive thought. Do it verbally. Verbally is what really helps me. My cat throwing things, it's fine. But feelings lie. And point number five, isolation is not always good. Sometimes God uses it for refining purposes. Sometimes it's the devil with a spiritual attack. Either way, God's going to use it for good. Just pray. Ask for wisdom. Ask for discernment. Ask for protection. Lean on him because he's got you. He's our father. He's got us. Um, All right, that's it. Just a few things. As always, follow me on or follow us on the gram, Instagram at She's Known Podcast. Super straightforward, right? What? She's Known Podcast. Um, Also, please, 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 if you'd be oh so kind and give me a five star review or more, like rate us, rate us the highest. It the higher the podcast rating, the more people. Um, we'll get exposed to it. And again, the goal for this is to help bring people to the kingdom. Podcasts are what podcasts were a big part of the reason that I came back to Jesus and I built that relationship with Jesus again. And I'm really hoping that my podcast here can help somebody come to the kingdom and come back to that relationship with Jesus as well. So please, please rate it if you feel led to. Uh, no pressure. You do you, friend. But Um, reach out on Instagram. If you have any struggles, I'll do my best to support you. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to be a safe place for you because I know that having a safe place and somebody to go to is extremely important. So reach out. I'd love to hear from you guys. All right. I will see you next week on the podcast. Take care, friends.